Hello and welcome in to the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. I'm National Recruiting Analyst with Rick Tagno alongside 24-7 Sports Director of Scouting. We have a very special guest with us today. That is LSU quarterbacks coach Joe Sloan. Coach, you're kind of like the man, the myth, the legend. Already a year into your tenure in Baton Rouge, we've heard a lot of great things about you. You've done a tremendous job at LSU in a short time and before that at Louisiana Tech but before we get started man we appreciate you joining us today appreciate you guys having me on looking forward to it looking forward to talking a little bit well let, let's do it let's jump straight into kind of your coaching experience because it's it's interesting man you you follow people in football you follow their career arc their career path and a lot of these guys they're winding roads you know when I worked in football is the same way I, I think I worked six different places in seven years and for you You got a pretty clean resume, 2010 to 2012, you're at South Florida, 2013 to 2021, you're at Louisiana Tech, inside receivers, co-OC, offensive coordinator, and then LSU as a quarterback's coach. So I I, kind of want to ask you, that is like the path that is not as traveled as much in college football. Usually there's a, a lot of guys moving around, a lot of people trying to take the next step. I mean, for you, have you noticed any bit of benefit in terms of the continuity that you've had early in your career, because you are still very young in your career, but that time at Louisiana tech, I mean, you spent what, eight years there, correct? Nine, Nine years there. So uh, for you, uh, how has that helped you grow and mature as a coach? No, I think that's, that, that, that's a big thing for me. That's something that I kind of reference a lot. Um, and I had an idea kind of about the plan of what I was doing, um, you know, with with uh, with those decisions that, you know, different ones that came up. Um, But I think I really started to to understand the benefit even more uh, throughout this year. You know, there's a lot of guys now in college football and 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 listen, I could have very easily gone a different direction um, and gone maybe the path that some other guys go on and, and have five jobs in there in their first 10 years or so in coaching and you're bouncing around, there's a lot of benefit to that too. You get a chance to work for a lot of different people, hear a lot of different things. Um, but I think it kind of started with one, when, when uh, Skip hired me down in South Florida as a GA, right. Uh, you know, after I was a walk on for East Carolina, he and Todd Fitch, uh, Todd, who's up at Ohio state. Now he, he was at a couple different places in between then, and, but they brought me down and, you know, as we worked through it, um, when Skip when Skip got fired over there and got hired at Louisiana Tech, um, he ended up hiring me as a receiver coach. And you know, so that that was I think the first step. You know, I I got to skip maybe um, a couple other smaller steps um, and go directly to being a position coach out of three years of being a GA. Uh, a little bit based on circumstance and some things that happened. So that was that was really beneficial. You know, and then from there. <clears throat> You know, at at group of five schools right now, so I was there nine years. I'll put it this way. Me and Kurt Hester, who's a strength coach at Tulane, right? We were the only two original staff members for the nine-year tenure. So when you think at it, I mean, Manny Diaz was our defensive coordinator at one point in time. Uh, Blake Baker was our defensive coordinator. Um, Todd Fitch, who went on to be the – OC at Vandy was an interim head coach at Vandy when uh, Coach Mason got fired. You know, uh, Tim Rattay was a quarterback coach at Oklahoma State. Jabar Jaluk is the – I'm sure he has some cool title too, but he's a running back coach at Florida. 
right? Um, yeah, I mean, you can go on and on and on. Uh, Bob Diaco, who, you know, who has a, a bunch of different experiences. I mean, th there's so many coaches who come, came through there. So, you know, I got, I got the opportunity to really see, see and meet a lot of different people. I think that was massive. Um, but that's kind of what Group of Five football is about, right? So there's going to be a lot of coaching turnover just because of salaries and guys moving up in their career and different opportunities. But what I really found was as I started going, Skip allowed me kind of some opportunities to do some different things. First in recruiting, um, then I became the assistant head coach, uh, then naturally just started to have a lot more input in the offense um, and then to be in the OC and being able to coach receivers and then coach quarterbacks and do so many different things. So I think there's two ways, right? Maybe I only got to really be around one head coach uh, and learn one way, I say, quote unquote, of doing things. But I got the benefit of being in one place and not having to worry about a transition, um, not having to worry about meeting new people. And I had the opportunity to really take some things on, take on some responsibilities and and learn how to learn how to do different things within college athletics, within college football. Um, and I think that's massive. And, and I'm indebted to, to Skip Forever for for doing that um, and allowing me to, to help with some of those things. But I've seen that growth um, was just so much for me, you know, in terms of just being able to deal with different people um, across athletic department, uh, being able to play in different roles, um, understanding what it's like to run a room of grown men, you know, when you're, when you're the coordinator, when you gotta, when you gotta handle the day to day of, of what, you know, the whole offensive staff's doing with the whole offensive side of the ball. I mean, so many different learning experiences that I got an opportunity to have. Um, and I think that was such a massive benefit. And now that I'm, now that I've been here at LSU, I see how it prepared me for all the different things that we have to deal with, you know, and, and at this level, you can't make, you know, you can't make mistakes, right? I mean, it's, it's hard. You gotta, everybody that you're competing against is outstanding at what they do. They have elite talent. Um, they have really smart people working you have to you have to uh, do the absolute best you can do every single day. Um, and, a, and a lot of my time in the past, you know, helped prepare me for that. So I think it was a unique path, uh, but I'm really fortunate the way that it worked out, you know, and when Coach Kelly gave me this opportunity, you know, it really kind of all fell into place. But it's been awesome. It's, it's something that I look back at. If I could, pay, you know, I, I didn't know this at the time, but if I could play it out this way, I'd do it exactly the same. I'd do it exactly the same. Well, correct me if I'm wrong here, Joe. I read somewhere at one point you were uh, spent a semester as the unofficial academic advisor at Louisiana Tech, right? Well, we had so again. You go back to, to group of five programs. At times, the um, you know you lose people, and sometimes you only have one or two people in a department, right? Uh, you know, we had a we had a director of recruiting for a lot for a long time. There, we only had one person in recruiting. And then our recruiting department grew as time as things went on, but. You know, so if you lose one person and you only have two in there, you got somebody's got to somebody's got to help. Um, and I think that's the benefit of being there consistently every year. You know, like my first couple months here, you're just trying to you're trying to get to know everybody, understand where your role is, where you fit. Um, and and I I, uh, I didn't have to go through that, you know, consistently. I knew who I was working for year in, year out. So I didn't have to worry about that transition. So there were some times where Skip gave me the opportunity to take on some different stuff. So, yeah, one of those academics in uh, in college athletics is is uh, is always a thing. Right. That's a that's a big deal. But that's the thing. Right. We want to we want to make sure that these guys have the opportunity um, and we push them towards earning that degree. And that's so important. 
Um, but it takes, it takes, you know, consistent accountability and responsibility. So it's a, it's, it's fun. It brings another challenge. That's the beauty of college football. You come in every day and you think, you know, what's getting ready to happen. And then there's some curveball, right? So you, you sit back and try to hit it to right field, you know? Coach, is it true? You only got one B in college. Is that right? That is true. Who told you that? Uh, that's <laughs> I, I, if, that is if, true. That's some deep. That's some deep research, right? There. I know. If you told me before we jumped on that you you've actually listened to one or two of these interviews, whether it was Willie Fritz or Kalen DeBoer, you know, Andrew Ivins. If you don't know anything about him at all, the the depth of research that he goes into uh, is pretty legit. So you got it right there. We, we tie in the academic advisor to one being college, well equipped for that job. But coach, I yeah. I want to follow up with you a little bit from Louisiana Tech to LSU. When that opportunity came calling from Brian Kelly in, in Baton Rouge, and obviously you're somebody that by that point, right, you spent nine years in, in Ruston, Louisiana. You, you really know the impact of football in the state of Louisiana, but also what LSU means to the state of Louisiana as well. When that opportunity came, I mean, was there any prior relationship with Brian Kelly or any prior experience with him that you had had that made you feel confident in the fit at LSU, even though when LSU comes calling, especially if you, you've worked in that state, it's going to be hard to turn down. But with this guy, right, coming from Notre Dame, there were a lot more questions. Could he recruit the South? And he put together a staff, really starting with you and Frank Wilson, with a lot of guys that had a lot of Louisiana ties. What was that process like of feeling each other out? And then when did you know that, hey, this is the right job for me? Yeah, Cooper. Well, I think one, you know, after a few years of being in the state, it did, it doesn't take long. Everybody in the country understands LSU football, um, you know, and, and but I think when you live in Louisiana or when you're from Louisiana or you live here for an extended period of time, you really start to understand the pride of this state, um, the culture of this state. And I think it's 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 unique that way. Um it's not a transient state. It's not, you know, there's not a bunch of people that move in. A lot of people are from here or have been here for a long period of time. So there's a lot of pride, um, which I think is outstanding. And then when you have LSU, we're, we're the we're the one we're the one major college football program and you know what I mean, and high level power five SEC school in the state, you know, and it's it's a uh it's something that people really latch onto and identify with um and support. And I think you it's, it doesn't take long being in the state to start to realize that and the impact that this place has not only on LSU itself, but on the entire state and the region. Um, so that, that's something that attracted me pretty quickly. Um, it's, you know, that's it's something that I, I was hoping for the opportunity to do at one point in time because of the, how much I enjoyed being at Louisiana Tech and how much I enjoyed being in the state. Um, but I think that was, you know, that's something that definitely attracted me. Now, you know, Coach Kelly and I have have some mutual uh, relationships. I, I had met and spoke with him, a f, uh, you know, a few years prior, um, and you know, would, would jot some notes and things like that here and there. Uh, but mostly, uh, stay in touch through mutual relationships. And when this came open, um, was just fortunate enough that that I fit within uh, within his plan. Um, got the opportunity to talk with him, and I mean, you know. For him, he's he's just talking to me. For me, it was a dream come true. So I'm just trying to make sure I don't screw it up, you know, on the phone or in person. Um, but came down here, and and I think it really fit, you know, uh, <clears throat> with Mike running the offense and and coaching the tight ends. 
um, and Coach Kelly really involved in the quarterbacks. Uh, meeting and talking with him, um, we have a lot of the similar views, uh, similar approach, um, and and I think it really and I think it really just kind of hit it off and it fit and and it, and it ran from there. Uh, but it's been awesome. I mean, th- you know, and that was another thing. That was something else by by being in one place for a while. Um, you know, I'm from I'm from Virginia. I'm from I went to school in North Carolina at East Carolina. Um, I'm an East Coast I'm an East Coast guy, but really from a professional standpoint. I'm a, I'm all Louisiana, you know, and and this is this is a region I really entrench myself into, um, and and develop relationships, and that's what matters. That's what matters in college football. That's what matters in recruiting, um, and 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 I think that benefited me too, you know, with the opportunity when this opportunity came up. Uh, but it's been it's been a dream come true. It's been so fun, you know, from from that um, to meeting the new people to to seeing Coach Kelly's structure. Um, and how he does things on a daily basis, um, how he builds the team, how he builds the staff, um, his his uh, how he keeps everybody uh, in alignment, um, how how he really, uh, I think he just entrenches the the, the culture throughout the program, um, just consistently in, in in that consistency on a day to day basis has has been awesome to watch. So, yeah, it all kind of came together, but uh, it, it really made sense on a lot of levels. Um, and I was fortunate enough that, that it worked out. Well, this kind of leads into my, my, my question. What would you say? You've been in Baton Rouge around Brian Kelly now for, what, a, a little over a year. You know, what do you think he does best from what you've noticed? <clears throat> well, I think, I think definitely his, his organizational plan um, from top to bottom, it, is, it just has a consistent theme and goal, you know, in terms of uh, he, wants to, to, he wants to build efficient, elite and, and extremely productive systems, you know, within, within the staff and within the team. Um, and I think he, he, you know, obviously through his experience over a long, long period of time, he's been head coach for a long time at a lot of play at, at multiple places, which bring different challenges. Um, so he's had the opportunity to develop this, this thought process and system over an extended period of time. And I think what I watched, um, which was really fascinating to me is if good things happen, he stayed consistent. If bad things happen, he stayed consistent. No matter what, there was a there was a belief um, in in how he does things, and and that's something that really stuck out to me. You know, his ability to communicate and and create alignment throughout the organization, um, hold people accountable, but also allow them to do their job. Uh, it, I think has just been it's been fun to work work for him, no doubt. Um, but I think definitely the consistency and the discipline in his approach uh, every day it is definitely something that's special. And I think it takes, it takes confidence in who you are. Uh, it takes confidence in, in who you are as a leader and as, as head of the program. Uh, and that's definitely something special about him. Coach, in regards to game week preparation, given your background as offense coordinator at Louisiana Tech, I mean, you go to Baton Rouge and Brian Kelly, I think a lot of people, what you just talked about, I think people allude to him really as a CEO type. You talked about the systems, processes that he's put in place, but he brings over another really talented offensive coordinator in Mike Denbrock from the University of Cincinnati under Luke Fickle. And then obviously they had experience in Notre Dame. I mean, for you, as somebody that's been an offensive coordinator, I'm going to assume that's going to be a place that you want to get back to somewhere in, in your career. Obviously, I think it's safe to assume you probably want to be a head coach someday as well. But being under those two guys, 
what has that been like for you from a learning experience and then learning going from offense coordinator back to a position coach where you kind of now you're you're I don't want to say navigating, but you're, you're getting used to a new role, new responsibility at a place that is doing it at for all intents and purposes, a, a higher level. No, I think that's what I, I mean, I, I'd say there's a couple things. One, um, you know, obviously learning from Coach Kelly and then Coach Kelly's the 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 involvement that he has on offense, the understanding and the, and the knowledge he has of offense, uh, offensive football um, has been another huge thing. But then him him with the quarterbacks, you know, he has different insight and different different things that um, he's developed over a long period of time through a lot of different experiences uh, that I've had the opportunity to learn from. I think that's that's been huge. Right. Whenever you're around people, um, you want to you definitely, especially at this level, you need to have an identity and in, in who you are as a coach. Um, and things you believe in, but if you're not learning and if you're not taking different aspects, then, then you're falling behind, right? You're, you're not getting better. Um, but I think having the opportunity to learn from him and Mike, I, I think Mike's personality is, is just awesome. He has a, he has a very steady approach. Um, he has a very clear vision of what he wants things to look like and how we want to attack. And I think you saw that you saw the, the success they had at Cincinnati. And then I think, how we were able to grow and develop throughout the season as really started to understand where our strengths, uh, where our strengths and weaknesses were and being able to, to, to really highlight those. I think uh, it was fun to watch that with Mike. Cause not only, you know, being in, being with Skip, Skip was an offensive guy. So it was either, you know, Skip, Todd, myself, uh, you know, Tim, there were, there was always consistency within the way we did things. So, being able to see a different approach, um, you know, I think Mike's ability to understand how to attack people, uh, starting with the with the run game out, um, and how to use space and how to use angles and leverage against the defense, it has just been really really fun and really unique to learn from. I think it's been great. So uh, that's been awesome. But we have a great offensive staff. I mean, Brad Davis up front, Cortez Hankton with his background at Georgia, uh, and Vandy from where he was before. Uh, and in the NFL, and Frank Wilson, who he would go on and on about his different experiences. So, so many guys in that room who were able to come together, and none of us had ever worked together before. You know, that's the unique thing, and I don't know that maybe that's documented a ton. Myself, Cortez, Brad, or Frank, not only had we never worked together, none of us had ever worked with Mike So um, or under coach. You know, so I think – I think that's something for the way that Mike has been able to lead us together um, and and mesh different thoughts and ideas um, has been it's a it's a skill of his you know there's no doubt um, and I think it allowed for a lot of success especially the second half of the season last year that allowed us to win some big games you know down the stretch and put us in a position uh, to have a, a pretty successful season. I wanted to ask you, um, and, and you just kind of touched on it. I mean, all those different minds and, and faces and a lot of guys, some of them had worked together, not everyone uh, as a unit, but you guys show up in, in Baton Rouge last winter, right? Um, can you take us through the the evaluation process of that quarterback room and, and when you guys decided, hey, we're going to go maybe look for a veteran arm on, on the transfer portal market. What, what was it like just kind of self-scouting? You know, how much time did you have? What, what, what was the decision made? And then not only at the quarterback position, I mean, you guys hit the transfer portal super hard across the board and, and really filled out that too deep. Well, I think one, I mean, 
that uh, that speaks to, you know, from Coach Kelly down to – and then all our off-the-field, uh, you know, personnel and and the different people in the office, the different staff members. Because, you know, when, I mean, they play with – I forget the exact number, but in the bowl game against Kansas State, you know, was a was a pretty limited uh, number of scholarship players. I was like and, 30, 36, I think, right? Yeah, it was, it was, it was something, something pretty wild. So – the, the rebuild of that roster um, through December and January, you know, w- was was obviously massive. And then to get all those guys on the same page was huge, you know. Um, but, you know, from a quarterback standpoint, you know, coming in, we had we had uh, uh, Garrett coming back as a retro freshman. Um, Miles, who had, who had decided to come back, uh, come back out of the portal, you know, and then Walker Howard coming in as a true freshman and, you know, a lot of it there there wasn't much experience. Miles had been in college football a long time, but in terms of how many games he had played and things like that, it's not like he had, he had played uh, you know under ten. I think it was something like that. I mean, it was six seven games, you know, eight games. He he had had some injuries um, and dealt with some different stuff, so there wasn't a ton of starting experience uh, in the room. Um, but really, the biggest thing was when Jade Jaden came, you know, was interested in us and, and then it kind of went from there, um, you know, and he just, he brought an experience level and, and some different talents and abilities to the, to the room. Um, and we were fortunate enough to, to be able to get him there. And then I think, you know, those guys, they competed last spring, you know what I mean? And, and Jane was able to consist, you know, just learn, learn the offense and show his experience um, and some of the different things that he could help us with. And then as we worked through spring and obviously kind of hit fall and it went from there. Uh, but I think he did an unbelievable job. I mean, last, it was funny. We were talking to me and him in like March. I was like, look, you just showed up a year ago this time. You know, he was, he was still learning what the words meant and everything the first week of spring practice. So um, as he worked through that and then worked through the summer um, and I think you saw his improvement throughout the fall, you know, what he was able to, to do in the second half of the season Um that was huge, but you know, you know, whenever you come into something, you you evaluate it. But I think, you know, in in the world of uh, football and college football, as as opportunities come up, uh, you're always looking to strengthen your team, you know. And and Jade definitely gave us an opportunity to do that. Where have you seen the biggest leap in his game? Uh, just talking about from when he transferred in in March of last year to where he is now because it seems like he made a considerable jump in the second half of the season as well a lot more confidence playing within that offense seems like he relied on his legs a lot in the first half of the year which you guys needed with the inexperienced offensive line where do where do you feel even going into 2023 that Jake no, think, Daniels has improved the most yeah I think coming in I, I think uh from a technical standpoint some footwork things when he when he's in a great position at the top of his drop uh, his accuracy is is high level. Um, so consistently getting into that position at the right time when he's ready to throw the ball, um, he's worked really hard. He's worked really hard at that. And and I think the probably the the level of attention that that Coach Kelly and myself paid paid attention to that and consistently just over and over and over again uh, harped on that with him. Um, I think from a technique standpoint, but also taking that technique within the within the scheme, um, you saw him consistently get better and better and better. I, I think obviously part of it went as his understanding of the offense went, you know, so that he felt more comfortable um, working through his reads and being in the right position as opposed to 
maybe hanging too long on one thing and, and being late to something else and then getting jerky, um, which I think you saw a little bit in the beginning. So I think definitely there was some, some mental growth there. Then I think trust, you know, I mean, the unique thing is with Jaden, when, when he and I talked um, kind of middle of last year, he went in as a freshman. So you, you, you have that off season. His second off season was COVID. Um, his third off season was uh, a new offensive coordinator at Arizona state. And then, yeah, so he, he had started multiple games, but he, his off seasons were a lot of times about plays and maybe not necessarily as much about him. Uh, and then he comes to us, right. And he's learning a new offense. So, uh, I think there was a lot of room for growth, you know, um, and sometimes when you get the opportunity to step into a new situation, you have an opportunity to re-identify yourself, you know, to kind of reinvent yourself a little bit, you know? Um, so I think that was huge, you know, but the big thing with him was, was being aggressive and trusting, you know, the word trust was used a ton. Um, and that's that, you know, that's emotional thing. So in terms of the technical piece of staying on time with his footwork and, and being in a position to be accurate, and then working through things at the right time. And then when you see it, trust it and let it rip. Um, and and trust that trust your guys, trust that it's there. And I think you saw as he started to get in the rhythm and flow, uh, second half of the season, that trust started to elevate. Um, and that's where all of a sudden we became more explosive, you know, in the passing game, which I think was huge. And that same kind of growth, you know, his attack, the way he attacked January and February uh, has led right into spring. So it's been fun to watch. You know, I think that's the biggest thing about coaching is, is everybody's individual, right? Like Garrett Nussmeyer has, has different things, you know what I mean? Because you got to look at every guy individually and evaluate them with, you know, with them together. Uh, you know, me and Jaden, me and Garrett uh, and their feedback and where they're at and then put a plan together and let them go work, right? Let them go work um, and watch those improvements come. So I think I think all that work that he's done has been carrying over in the spring, and you've seen the more the more trust and and pushing the ball down the field, throwing things on time, um, and allowing our guys to go do something because we got some talented guys on the perimeter. Yeah, you do LSE right wide receiver. You hey, that's it. Keep putting them in there. We'll keep throwing it to them. <laughs> uh, I, I want to. You, you've been around Brian Kelly now again for a year. We keep saying that, but you were also. Uh, or down around a variety of different quarterbacks when you were at Louisiana Tech. So I'm sure you kind of have a wide spectrum, a, a broad spectrum on, on different QBs. But having seen Brian and, and Mike Denbrock's system, I mean, what are the kind of the most important things for a, a signal caller to, to thrive in that? Like, what what is Brian looking for in a quarterback? And then maybe you can even follow it up with what are you looking for in a quarterback? Yeah, well, I think I think the the – Getting the ball out on time and accurately, I, I think, are critical. I think nowadays you have to be able to move your feet. Um, you know, obviously, we don't necessarily need a guy, you know, Jaden, who's going to run for, you know, Jaden ran for 800 yards. And if that's, if we can do that, that's awesome. But um, you got to be able to move nowadays in college football. I don't, in the NFL too. You look at everybody, you have to be able to, you have to, to be balanced and be able to get away. I think that's critical. Um, you know, and then, I mean, we talked about accuracy. We talked about throwing the ball on time. Decision-making, uh, I think, is so important. Uh, and then the ability to touch every part of the field. You know, I, I think it's it's critical either between the ability to release the ball quickly or or your arm strength. You've got to be able to attack the defense in different ways um, because the guys that we play, there's only going to be one soft area, and where is that going to be? And we got to put the ball at that spot because, you know, in, the, in, in this league, everybody plays match coverages. So 
they they take away they take away there's probably one easy throw on the field every play um but you got to be able to get it there and and you got to know where it is and you got to be able to get it there on time so trying to adapt that uh i think that's important i mean we you know we're going to we're going to be able to adapt our offense around the quarterback's strengths um which i think is really important but there are some definite things like we just talked about but i think the other thing is from a tangible standpoint uh guys got to be able to learn process um he has to be able to uh he has to be able to lead others he's got to be he has to have a a magnetic personality um to where he can bring the other people around him with him um this is a hard game right i i say to guys all the time you, you're going to be in that stadium there's going to be 102,000 people at one point in time there's going to be 102,000 people questioning you right why well why did you do that right why why did why did he throw that ball why did he miss this and that takes a special person um, who is confident in their abilities uh, and and understands who they are a, as a football player and as a leader to be able to step right back in there and, and go do it again. Um, and, and I think that's critical. That's critical for us as a program, and that's critical at this level. There's no doubt. We're going to take a quick break. You're listening to the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. To follow up on this, and, and I've thought about this throughout the season, but Brian Kelly – correct me if I'm wrong, I even go back to Notre Dame. I don't think about a Brian Kelly quarterback being that dynamic on the ground. And then you get Jaden Daniels and you have this skill set that's a little bit different than anything he's ever had. And this guy gets you out of a lot of jams early in the season. You know, I talked about that offensive line. You're starting two freshmen in Will Campbell and Emory Jones, right? You're moving guys around all over the place. And Jaden Daniels, is the quarterback who leads the country in, in, in rushing at the position. And then you look past that a little bit. You bring in Ricky Collins, more of a traditional pocket passer, athletic, can move around, can navigate, comfortable outside the pocket as well. I know you can't talk about what you got coming in 2024, but you have more of these traditional pocket passers. I wonder if you guys look at the Jaden Daniels experiment that you have had in Baton Rouge, you see some of the success and you see the success that he's had on the ground and say, hey, maybe we have something here where it is a little bit more important that we go out and we can recruit guys that can you have to respect from a mobility standpoint and as a runner. I just wonder when I when I watch the tape multiple times and, you know, I, I went to LSU, so I watch I watch every game Don't and, I'm thinking it, and, I, and I'm thinking about you know, Jaden Daniels and his ability to do what he did on the ground at certain times last season and that just being so situational important for you guys offensively. I just wonder if that's something that you kind of bake into the cake long term about what you got right now and say, hey, maybe this is not what we expected, but it's working out for us. Does this even play into how we think down the road? Yeah, well, one, I mean, obviously, obviously Jaden can move, right? That's that's uh, that's pretty well documented at this point. Um, but I think, you know, the thing that that attracts me to Jaden and 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 coach to Jaden is is a lot of his his decision making, um, his his calm, cool and collectedness, you know, in in critical situations, um, the way that he carries himself, his approach, uh, his ability to get the ball out quickly. Um, you know, those are a lot of things. Now, he also is a threat with his legs. Right. So I, I think the, there's some there's some give and take there, no doubt about it. But I think the other things that he possesses 
are what makes him a really successful quarterback and a special quarterback. Does that make does that make sense? Right? Is and then yes, he can he can move too. He's not a it's it's unique because you know, and when you sit and talk to him, just his intelligence level, um, his thought process, like I said, decision making, the way he approaches things, all those things are what matters. And then his ability to use his feet uh, when he needs to or, or when the play calls for it have, have been something that's huge. I don't know that you can necessarily like say, oh, we're going to recreate that with somebody like Rick. And, and Ricky has Ricky has really good mobility, you know, Um Ricky has really good mobility and athleticism. I think he'll there'll be certain parts of his game um, as he continues to develop that will that will sh- you know that will show up like that. Um, but there's def- there's different ways to attack a defense, you know, and we're going to make sure that we have the right quarterback who has the best skills uh, and who is that best version of himself, and then put him within the part of our offense that that lets him thrive. But I, there's no doubt. I mean, it's a it's a very good point. That obviously Jaden's feet were were a huge piece, especially early at what we what he was able to do and and made some huge plays when we needed to, right? I mean the touchdown against Alabama in, in overtime, right, was a was a, a zone read pull, you know. Uh, so I think that's definitely something that's that brings value to his game. Uh, but I think every quarterback's a little bit different. And I think the successful programs and the successful offenses um, throughout college football, you know, year in year out. Are have the ability to to, I guess, morph around their quarterback because uh, that position is so important, right? Joe, I wanted to ask you. I mean, you you move into the SEC, right? And and you're you're the quarterbacks coach. It's the most important position. And last cycle, you brought up Ricky Collins. That's a guy you flipped from another school, but you were involved with a number of other high-profile quarterbacks. We look at what you've done in, in 2024. I know you can't speak to specifics there. And then in, in 2025, you're uh, involved with more high-profile arms. Can you take like our average listener? Like You just show up and, and you're in this like crazy market where there's so much movement and it's so competitive just what has that been like just recruiting the top arms when everyone's you know when they're hearing from all the other blue buds and and how has it been navigating through all of that and and finding your footing well I think one you know getting here and and not being the offensive coordinator um, and just being the quarterback coach has definitely allowed uh, me to really focus on the development of our quarterbacks. I think that's been a huge thing that I've been able to really focus more just on, on Jaden and just on Garrett, uh, you know, the guys that have been here and then obviously now on Ricky. So that that's really allowed. I think it allows for a lot more development. Um, and cause I think sometimes is it when you're doing all of it, right. The, the part that gets maybe a little bit uh, looked over is, is, is the quarterback development it's in itself. So I think that's been, that's been really awesome. I think, you know, using that, you know, and showing that to uh, different prospects has been um, something that definitely appeals to them because, you know, when they come in, they're, they're a ball of clay. Uh, There's some guys more developed than others, but ultimately they got to learn how to play the position and to talk about growth. Uh, I think it's huge, but we have an unbelievable product to talk about, right? I don't, I don't have to, we don't have to sell anything. We, we should be getting the best quarterbacks in the country to come play at LSU. Um, that's the expectation. You have Coach Kelly, who is a offensive head coach, who's involved with the quarterbacks. You have 
Mike Timrock and his history and and his history and recent history on what quarterbacks have done within the offense. You know, and then you have LSU football, um, the best college football program in the country. You know, and and the uniqueness at, at uh, of Louisiana and South Louisiana um, and what this program means. There's no reason that we we shouldn't uh, have the opportunity to get exactly the quarterback we want to lead LSU year in and year out. Coach, a couple more questions and we'll get you out of here. I, I, I know we we said we'll get you out of here by 1245. We're yeah, running yeah. behind a little bit. But, you know, I just wonder, like this day and age in college football, you have name, image and likeness. You have the transfer portal as well. There's a lot of factors now that are taken into consideration uh, with these players. And it's a I think by the day we've seen the player gain more leverage in college football uh, over recent years. I just wonder for you from your standpoint, your purview as a quarterback coach, when from the recruiting process to when that starts to when you have them in your own locker room, I mean, what is that? What's most important for you to get through to the players in your position room about just being true to the process? Because I know there's a lot of balls in the air that you got to juggle when it comes to expectations. And yeah. in this day and age, you're going to have a lot of people in these players' ears that are also going to be there's going to be a lot of noise from outside the building as well. So if you can kind of take us through your role and how you kind of manage your room when it comes to that. Well, I think there's a couple of key things in that. Uh, one, um, you know, we we don't make the 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 rules of, of college football in the landscape that that's that's part of it. Right. So um, I, I think, you know, to sit around and and uh, wonder, well, what what it could be like this. This is the world that we're living in, and I, and I think it's important that we understand that, right, and have awareness of of what we're you know what we're working in and, and what we're doing. Um, but this the football business is a people business, right? It, it's about from the recruiting aspect to the coaching aspect. It's about relationships, um, and relationships start with time, right? They start with trust. They start with honesty and consistency, um, knowing what to expect. You know, I, I, all those things are so, so important. And I, I think that starts in recruiting. Uh, but then it's just as it's just as important uh, on a day to day basis within the room. Um, I think you got to be straightforward with guys. You got to you got to be clear about um, where they're at, what they need to get better at. Um, and when guys feel themselves getting better um, and they understand what they need to improve on and, and and what situation they're in, that's the best. Right. That That's the best. And that's most most of the time that's what people want right that's what they want so i think still it's still about that personal relationship um and you know and also the showing them where they're developing right and where they can see that that process because that's their goal right um coming in and, and i think that's important plus you know then it goes to the overall program right and and the program that coach kelly runs our guys enjoy playing football at LSU, right? Um, so I, I think that matters now too. But somebody told me a long time ago, they said, uh, guys listen to you because uh, they think you can make them better and they know you care, right? Those two things. And I think that still carries over, right? Do, do you care about them as a person um, and as a football player and making them better? And and are you going to be honest and straightforward with them about that? And then – you know, do you, are you developing them? Or are they getting better with them? You know, under your under your uh, your guidance, uh, those two things are the most important. There's no doubt. But it's it is 
it is the world we're living in, and the quarterback position is is obviously unique because it's not like receiver. You know, it's not like O-line. It's not like something on defense where multiple guys can play and have different roles. You know, it's it's uh, the quarterback position is unique, right? We only play with one football, and there's one guy behind center at a time. So uh, that you just you got to know that, and and the guys know that. You know, they know that coming in. They know that in recruiting, and they know that when they're on team. But it's definitely unique. There's no doubt about it, especially within the world that we're living in now. You mentioned it being unique and only one guy playing. I, I'm going to kick myself if I don't ask this question. So we're seeing it more and more right now in this current landscape. A lot of guys kind of reclassifying um, more arms than ever, it seems like. And, and just your thoughts on on that and does it affect the developmental process or you don't really have an answer because there's a very small sample size. So just be yeah. curious your thoughts about guys jumping classes and, and you know, graduating I th- early. I think anything – I. I think anything in recruiting and usually in recruiting um, or in, in high school development, I think everything's on a case to case basis, even within um, even within on your team. Right. I, I go back to I'll give an example of we, I was at Louisiana Tech. We signed two players in the same year. One's name was Trent Taylor and one name was Carlos Henderson. Um, and Carlos was from McNutt 35, played running back a lot in high school, got injured his senior year. Trent Taylor played at Evangel, played slot. Um, Trent came in, started a split time, basically ended up becoming a starter as a true freshman. Carlos redshirted. Carlos probably could have kicked return and stuff like that that year. Well, four years later, Trent was a true senior. Carlos was a redshirt junior. One led the country in receiving yards and one led the country in touchdown, receiving touchdowns. Both were unreal, right? Unreal talents. Different at that moment, right? When they were both 18 years old, they needed different things. Right. And it was a case to case basis. There was not like, oh, Trent was better than Carlos or Carlos was better than Trent. It was just each was within within the framework of them. Right. And how what what fit best for them and what fit best for the team. Um, and I think it's the same way in terms of just from a recruiting standpoint. What's going on in in a young man's life where uh, at what stage of his development is he? Um, where is he in terms of? with his team, um, how many reps does he, how many snaps has he had? What's it like on your team? What's he, what's he coming to be a part of? So I think everything is a case to case basis. Um, and I think what's good for some is not good for others. Right. And, and I think, uh, you know, ultimately parents got to take that into account, uh, mostly. And those are the ones, those are the ones that got to make that decision, you know, parents and families. And then, and then we, we go off of that. Coach, last question, we'll get you out of here, but was there a time last year, where you looked across the field and you're like, wow, that Harold Perkins kid is pretty special. <laughs> yes. I was really glad he was special against Arkansas. All right. But no, he's man. I So playing, playing at, at being in the SEC, coaching in the SEC and uh, being at LSU and some of the talented players and you get the opportunity to watch them make plays. Um, you know, and obviously Harold, the position that Harold plays and the position he was put in, the plays that he was able to to make, um, you know, that's one of those ones that just jumps out. You're like, wow, look at that. I mean, that's impressive, right? And and those are those some some of those wow moments. And and obviously uh he's pretty easy to pick out. His just his ability to to pick angles and trigger um and go get the football and then make things happen when he gets to the football. 
uh, is, is just unreal. So some guys, the, the, the game just really makes sense to them. 11 on 11 when they're, when people are around them and they can just, they feel that space. Uh, and, and he definitely is one of those guys. And then, you know, he makes big plays and big moments. And, and when he gets to the ball, he's usually violent when he gets there. So, uh, there's a lot of good things, but he's, uh, he's definitely fun to watch. I'm glad he's on our team. All right. Are you are you guys tempted as an offensive staff to be like, hey, once or twice a game, like you know? I mean, he's 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 different. He is a special athlete. Not to mention, if you're just a casual listener listening mm-hmm. to this show, I mean, Harold Perkins was a guy that rushed for, I think, over his junior and se- senior season, he had over a thousand yards each, right? So, I, he was a dynamic offensive player who really didn't have that much on tape on the defensive side of the ball. When yeah. you take that into consideration. And then to see what he did as a freshman, I mean, it's pretty unbelievable. Well, one thing, the positive part about my position is that I don't get to make those calls. So I don't even have to, I don't even have to worry about that. Right? Stay out so of it, right? That's yeah. the good part, right? But I will say this, Harold would be outstanding at, at whatever. If we, we went out there and say, let's go throw the discus, right? He's going to be in the in the top part of our football team, right? If we said, hey, let's go hit some baseballs, see have a little home run derby, he's going to figure it out, right? I mean, he's a – He's a special. He's a special athlete and talent uh, and competitor. So uh, we always like those guys, right? I mean, that's a that's a good thing, right? I'm glad. I, again, I'm glad he's wearing the purple and gold. And uh, that's a that is a great question, right? I mean, obviously, I always say if we can put them on offense and they can help us score, you know, I, hey, whatever, put it, take them all, Let's put them all. He, over, right? he, he he can do anything. All right. I keep saying this, last question, last question, last question, but a little bit of a softball for you. Are you an Ingas or a, an Akasha Mark guy? Ooh, you know, I got to be honest with you. My, So I have the best wife in the world. She handles, she, she, you know, she handles all, anything off the field for me, right? Anywhere I eat, anything. Well, there's a couple of places that I, that I definitely like to eat, right? But then outside of that, she just, she handles it all. All right, so you're deferring. You're not answering I'm the deferring. question. <laughs> right. I'm deferring to my wife. You guys can uh, reach her, I'm sure, on uh, social media platforms. <laughs> well, yeah, send, send, her, uh, send yeah. an email to, o- yeah. over this way so we can find out. Joe Sloan, quarterback's coach of LSU. Coach, we appreciate you taking the time with us. You are welcome back anytime on the show whenever you want to come back. I know you're a very, very busy man. You got Florida State. Labor Day weekend. I'll tell you this. We we are very, very excited for that one. Coop, we should go. That's road trip right there. We might be there yeah. in there in person. So we, we might Let's hit you up the night before. Uh Joe Sloan, we appreciate you joining us for Andrew Ivans. I'm Cooper Tagnet. We'll see you tomorrow.